As it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You are listening to 1% or less with him on his hard line. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Glad to have you here at 1% or less with him. You're listening to His Hard Line, and I want to say thank you so very much for joining us here today. We are going to be reading a little bit out of the book of Deuteronomy, nothing nothing crazy, and then just a little snippet out of Luke uh, chapter 13. And so uh, we're going to be reading a couple of devotionals, because like I said in the uh, book that I have here, um, they have a morning one and an evening one, and considering I get up so early, already as it is, I like my sleep, so um, I'm definitely not going to wake up a half hour earlier, well, actually, realistically, 45 minutes to an hour earlier, because by the time I actually get myself awake and out of bed and dressed and coffee, yeah, that's an hour of sleep that I'm definitely going to miss, So, but what we're going to do, though, because both, both of these... Uh, devotionals are really good. So we're just going to kind of, you know, do both of them. So the first one talks about a cheerful giver. This is the morning one. Okay. And of course, the morning reading says to read Deuteronomy chapter 15, but we're not going to read the whole chapter uh, 15, but what we are going to read is uh, verses one through 11. And so in the book of Deuteronomy, oh, that was my bad. Sorry about that. My goodness, my production is terrible. So I see why they have the radio host for a lot of stations, and then you got the the production, you know, guy that does all the technical stuff. And man, I can't even do that right. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, which is kind of strange because my actually my hand was nowhere near the button, so that must that actually was a Podbean thing. So I'll just say that. A place to blame on technology for this one. Okay, let's get started. So chapter 15, like I said, we're going to be reading just verses 1 through 11, and it's about debts and the poor. And it says, at the end of every seven-year period, you shall have a remission of debts, and this is the manner of the remission. Creditors shall remit all claims on loans made to a neighbor, not pressing the neighbor, one who is kin, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. And you may press a foreigner, but you shall remit the claim on what your kin owes to you. However, since the Lord your God will bless you abundantly in the land, the Lord your God will give you to possess as a heritage. There shall be no one of you in need if you but Listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and carefully observe his entire commandment, which I enjoin on you today. Since the Lord, your God, will bless you as he promised, you will lend to many nations and borrow from none. You will rule over many nations and none will rule over you. If one of your kindred is in need of any community, in the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor close your hand against your kin who is in need. Instead, you shall freely open your hand and give and generously lend 
what suffices to meet that need. Be careful not to entertain the mean thought. The seventh year, the year of remission is near, so that you would begrudge your kin who is in need and give nothing, and your kin would cry to the Lord against you, and you would be held guilty. When you give, give generously and not with a stingy heart, for that the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and undertakings. The land will never lack for needy persons. That is why I command you, open your hand freely to your poor and to your needy kin in your land. And so that concludes the reading for Deuteronomy 15, 1-11. And so now the... Um, so for the actual, uh, what the author wrote here in the devotional here, they write, giving to others is a sacrifice for most of us. It doesn't come easily because we are naturally selfish, but scripture tells us that God wants us to be cheerful givers. The following verse, which they write here at the top, I guess we should have started with that where they say you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord, your God will bless you in all your works and in all in to which you put your hand. And so the following verse moves through the natural emotions of giving. So let each one give as he prom- uh, purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful, a cheerful giver, which you can also find in 2 Corinthians 9-7. There's more emphasis added there, but usually when we decide to give, we move through these stages, and there's three stages they write. First stage, grudgingly. We make a decision to give, but we do it grudgingly. I will give, but only because God is making me give. Then there's the second one out of necessity, all right? We think I will give because I know I should. My money isn't my own. It belongs to the Lord, and this is a worthy cause. I will give out of necessity. And the third stage is as a cheerful giver. And this is exciting because I can't wait to give this gift. What an honor. Father, help me to be like you and cheerfully give to help others in any way I can. Now, I will be honest with you. I I can't agree with these stages any more. I I guess I couldn't agree with them any more than I am right now because, you know, I used to be kind of a grudgingly giver and very little. And then I would give out of necessity. That is so spot on. I would honestly, and I'm going to be completely transparent here, right? I am between stages three, two, and three. Like I'm kind of like at that 2.4, 2.5, right? Because I do not look at money as my own. I really don't. And I do believe that the money and everything we own, not just money, our home, everything, cars, all belongs to the Lord. It's not mine. It's not my wife's. It's, it's the Lord. Yeah, we steward it. And so that's why I'm being completely transparent here. Like I feel like I'm like kind of, I I'm like back and forth between two and three, mostly two. Um, but, and I'm not going to sit here and say 
you know, tell you all the ways that my wife and has given. Um, but I will say there has been some times we gave extremely higher than my wife even expected me to. And again, I'm not going to go into detail about that because I like to keep our giving secret and quiet because we give, we give because obviously not just necessity, but because it does. And, and, for probably selfish reasons, it makes, it does make me feel good. So I guess that's why I say I, I bounce back and forth between giving out of necessity and being a cheerful giver, because I do love the way it feels. And, but not only that, because it's going to make other people happy and joyful that there's people out there that care enough to do these acts for them. Right. So I really like that. The cheerful giver. Now the next one, which is the next, uh, with the evening devotional, talks about divine timing. So with that one, we're going to read something real quick. Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. And it's very short, and it reads like this. Now it talks about Herod's desire to kill Jesus, and it reads, At that time, some Pharisees came to him and said, Go away, leave this area because Herod wants to kill you. And he replied, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons, and I perform healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I accomplish my purpose. Yet I must continue on my way today, tomorrow, and the following day, for it is impossible that a prophet should die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how many times I yearn to gather your children together as a hen gathers her broad under her wings, and you are unwilling. Behold, your house will be abandoned, but I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so, like I said, that is chapters, uh, that's chapter 13, verses 31 through 35, and the devotional here. First off, they emphasize um, the verse uh, thir 31 and 32, where um, it says, uh, let me bring it back up here. So 31 and 32 is what they what they uh, emphasize. So at that time, some Pharisees came to him and said, go away, leave this area because Herod wants to kill you. And verse 32 says, he replied, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I accomplish my purpose. So what the author was writing here, and they said, the Pharisees didn't care about Jesus. They just wanted him to leave. He was, he was a thorn in their hypocritical sides. And everything he said annoyed them. But they had a trump card that would surely get rid of him. Herod wanted to kill him. This powerful and ruthless king could have him arrested and put to death for no reason at all. His cruel father had already slaughtered babies, and he was no different. So the Pharisees actually did Jesus a favor by telling him Herod wanted to murder him. And Jesus reacted by implying that they were in league with the king, or at least had access to him. And they should go and tell that sly fox that he couldn't lift his smallest finger against Jesus without divine permission. And the sun doesn't send a ray to the earth, or a sparrow doesn't fly, or rain doesn't fall, and demons can't move an inch without his permission. It was written that Jesus would suffer on the cross outside of Jerusalem in due time, not before or after. 
And the prayer at the bottom says, Father, nothing happens without your permission. Help me to remember that truth. You know, and that reminds me back to Job, the book of Job, right? When he was, you know, when when Job just had all of those, uh, nah, I don't even want to call them setbacks. Setbacks isn't even the right word. He had all of those, um, boy, what would the word be? Misfortunes and you know, he had to suffer boils that he had to scrape off his face, his body, like, and he lost his family. They died. He lost his livestock. I mean, everything, right? I mean, because basically, Job, I guess that's where the, the, the whole saying, you know, they have the patience of Job, because Job had everything done that could befall a man, right? Everything taken away from him, everything plagued him, everything, money, health, everything took away family. But Jesus gave Satan one condition, spare his life. Because the whole point there was that Job, no matter what, still held strong to his faith in God and Jesus Christ. And guess what? When you get to the very end of that book, it's a very long book, but I've read it. It's awesome, awesome read. Very intense, but awesome read. Job ends up getting it all back because of his undying faith and love for God and Jesus Christ. Because he knew everything that was happening, he it was happening for a reason. And because of his undying love and faith for God and Jesus Christ, he was given back everything that was taken from him by Satan. But remember, it was Jesus that gave Satan the permission to do what he thinks Satan could do that would rock his faith. Jesus knew Job's faith would not be rocked. He knew that, which is why he said, okay, I'm going to show you then, Satan. Go ahead, do what you want, but spare his life. You're going to see just how powerful a man is when they have Christ in their heart. Huh? huh? Yeah. So anyway, that was actually a really good devotional. I really enjoyed reading that. Um, and so, like I said, instead of doing a chapter a day where it's like kind of opening up the fire hydrant in your face, right? And then just, right? And you're just like, what did I just listen to? Because it's like, I'm lost. Um, I wanted to read out of the devotional and the little snippets from a couple different parts of the Bible because I feel like you can take it in in smaller bites and be able to kind of, grasp the lesson behind each one. And like I said, this is no more for you. This is no more for you than, I mean, my words are terrible. I do this, obviously, full disclosure, as you, if you haven't already noticed, I do this for God first. And because I, I do this for God, it's meant to be for you. But I also say this, that I need this just as much as I, you know, as, as you do, if not more. And so that's why I love reading my Bible first thing in the morning, and then I will do this show. So I'm like, I'm always constantly reading. There's so much power in the name of Christ. There's so much power in the words in the Bible. And I just, I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, un until, you, I guess, you live the experience and really invite Jesus in your heart, and you really dig into God's word, I can't convince you. I can sit here and tell you my own experiences and testify to my own happenings. 
and share my story, but because everybody has their own journey and everybody has their own walk. Some people will come to Christ much earlier in life than I did, and some people probably won't come to Christ until their very last dying breath. And obviously you got all the, you know, everything in between. But the goal here is if I can help fast track that for more people so they can come to Christ sooner than later, then I guess it's, you know, my, my goal is already accomplished. And eventually I would like to start sharing more personal stories with you about kind of my past and where we're, where I'm at today. But again, in due time, because again, this show is not about me. I don't want it to be about me. In fact, I keep repulsing myself actually from that idea. But, you know, I feel like in due time, there's going to be a time and a place for those stories when the Spirit's kind of leading me that way. And right now it's not leading me to share any of those stories at the moment because it's not, I don't think it's appropriate. But anyway... We're at 17 minutes. I want to say thank you for listening to 1% or less with him. Like I said, you are. Uh, we did a reading from Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 11, and Luke 13, 31 through 35. So thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. We're going to close this out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again, as we do every day, for all that you give us. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise because at the end of the day, everything that we have here on earth from money to our cars, to the food in our cupboards, to the clothes on our back, to the jobs we have, to every single thing that we own and have in our possession is all yours, and it's all because of you. And thank you for blessing us with these gifts. Most importantly, thank you for blessing us with the gift of hard work and good health. Thank you for our family. And Lord, we pray that people start getting the eyes to see and the ears to hear, to realize who the real enemy is out there and how they're being deceived. We pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, that concludes it for the night. We'll talk again tomorrow. Have a blessed night.